Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Butterfly Talk. This is the monthly radio show podcast that focuses on education about epidermal lysis bullosa, understanding, support, and encouragement, tips, and general information about EB. My name is Sylvia. I'm your host, and I'm also an EB mom. My son, Nikki, is 19 years old and has the recessive dystrophic form of EB. I don't have a guest today. I was supposed to have uh, Jody Champagne as my guest. Uh, she's the photographer that did the uh, documentary Courage Under Wraps about my son, Nikki, and she's moved on. She's doing some amazing um stuff with um with the veterans and so but I wanted to talk to her and, and ask her questions but she says she'll do it next month. She's in China right now. So anyway. <laughs> so I figured I'm gonna answer some questions, some frequently asked questions about EB on this particular show. And um and also maybe clear up some common misconceptions. So um uh, so of course the first question everybody always asks is well what does the name mean? Okay, so as most um conditions, the name is Latin. All the medical dictionary comes from Latin. So epidermolysis bullosa is no different. Now the skin is made up of a number of different layers. The outer is called the epidermis and the inner layers are the dermis. Bullosa is simply uh, means blister, and lysis means breakdown. So epidermolysis bullosa means the breakdown and blistering of the epidermis. Now, it's important to note the history of the name and where it came about. The first reported case of blistering diseases that would fall into the EB umbrella were initially noted in the late 1800s, starting from about 1870. But it wasn't until 1908 that one major dermatology textbook published in English used the term epidermolysis bullosa to describe patients with congenital blistering. So that means that even though technically um, patients that have the junctional and the dystrophic form of EB don't blister in the epidermis, they blister in the dermis because this term was coined way before anybody knew the differences of the different forms of EB and stuff. This is why the name stuck. Um, There are three forms of EB, uh, three main forms, I should say, simplex, junctional, and dystrophic. Now, the simplex is uh, the blistering is in the epidermis, um, the junctional is on the junction between the epidermis and the dermis, and the strophic is in the dermis, so there are deep wounds, and that's what my son Nikki has, the deeper wounds. Now, there's also a autoimmune condition called acquisita, EB acquisita, and uh, that it's actually not a genetic com- uh, form of EB. It's an autoimmune uh, that mimics EB, and that it's uh, the blisters on that form are also in the dermis. So I talk about it on the, on AB Info World, but anyway, that's the three main forms. Now within each form, there's subforms and subtypes, and, and it's just it goes forever. So anyway, that's why I always say that every patient is different, even though they may have the same you know, form of EB per se. No two patients are alike because there's so many different. Um, genetic mutations, and that causes very different outcomes. 
and different uh, blistering, different wound healing, different everything. So it's a very complicated condition. So not only it is rare, um, there's uh, less than 10,000 um, patients with EB nationwide, because I'm talking about the United States now, uh, but most of those patients have the simplex form. And uh, only about 300 have the uh, strophic of and I don't have the numbers in front of me right now. I apologize for that. But um, uh, just a few hundreds for each for, uh, each form that is not simplex. So how is EB inherited? Okay, so it's either inherited in a dominant way or in a recessive way. Um, the, the in the dominant forms are the, all the simplex forms and the dominant dystrophic. Now, a parent with a dominant form of EB has a 50-50 chance with each pregnancy of transmitting the abnormal gene. Uh, the chance is the same whether the child is a boy or a girl, and the birth order does not make a difference. Um, a child who does not inherit the gene for EB from an apparent will not have that condition and cannot pass it on. This is what um, we were told by all these medical books. Now, there are some cases that neither parent has EB, but the couple has a child with a dominant form of EB. In this situation, the condition is a, a, a spontaneous mutation. Um, and then it follows the same um, dominant uh, inheritance patterns. When a new mutation occurs, the affected individual will have a 50-50 risk of passing the gene on to his or her um, child. Uh, now, the, and then there's the recessive forms, form, and the, these are any form of junctional and the recessive dystrophic fall into this category. Um, uh, recessive, okay, let me see if I can explain this with my accent. A recessive disorder is one in which a recessive gene or the disorder is passed from each parent, and the two genes are paired together, causing the disorder to be expressed in the child. So that means... The parents um, had no idea they they were carriers, the, um, and it doesn't show up. Like in my case, for example, my child has a recessive uh, form of the condition of EB, so it's not something that's been in our family. And the reason why it hasn't been in our family is because, for lack of the draw, I never had the condition, but I was a carrier, and so is my mom, I know it came from my mom and probably her, one of her parents, I don't know which one. Um, and, of course, Nikki's dad, he was a carrier. So just because it's um, not in your family doesn't mean it is a spontaneous mutation. It could be a recessive. And so a recessive uh, condition, it's always a surprise to the parents. So um, so that's the two ways. And then, of course, there's the acquisita, of course, um, autoimmune. It only appears in, um, in old, when, when on older patients. It's not at birth. And I'm not sure, actually, how that's inherited. I'm not sure. I'm not familiar with uh, autoimmune conditions. Um, so what causes EB? Of course, this is a genetic. Uh, does EB impair intelligence? Not at all. Um, many EB children actually excel in school because they're not easily distracted, and it is one thing they can actually do. Um, some of the other side effects. All right, well, it depends on the form, of course. Uh, but uh, 
for example, the nails are almost always affected in some way or another, uh, whether they get thicker or thinner or or they lose them altogether. Um, uh, and uh, malnutrition is often seen uh, because all the all the calories go to uh, repair skin and stuff, so um, the calories go to wound healing first and then growth. Um, a common concern is blistering the mouth and the esophagus. Again, this varies greatly between forms. There's um, those patients that are, have no trouble eating at all and those who who can't eat at all. Um, so, so it just varies greatly with each patient even. Um, send, uh, some patients have severe deficiency in iron, um, and then there are deformities of the hands and feet with recessive dystrophic. Uh, they, there's partition mittens in the feet and the fingers of the hand, and so they can't. They end up with these stumps, basically. Um, and there's also with the worst form of EB, the skin cancer is a a, a big uh, big issue. Um, wound care um, is important. High calorie diet. Um, Treatments may include hand or feet surgeries for releasing uh, of the digits, biopsies, removal of skin cancers, esophageal, um, uh, esophageal dilatations, to um, due to the scarring and narrowing of the throat, they open up the throat so they can swallow. Oral surgeries for special dental needs, iron supplements, uh, blood transfusions, um, antibiotics. Etc. One thing I'm always asked, as far as Nikki goes, is if if EB is lethal. Well, it you know once again it's hard to say. I, people always want to ask me how long does he have. I really don't know. Um, there's he could live another six months. He could live another sixty years. I I really couldn't say um, because again the condition does not. Uh, kill the patient. It's like having HIV, right? Well, HIV doesn't really kill you. It just, you know, it lowers your immune system, and then a little cold is going to kill you because of that. So it's the same with EB. Um, EB per se does not does not kill a patient. It's the the side effects that become problematic, and unfortunately, having a lot of open wounds uh, leaves the body open to a lot of infections. Some of the issues um, could be, um, could be of course, cancer. Cancer is a big one, and especially squamous cell carcinoma. Now, squamous cell carcinoma, it's normally a slow-moving cancer because the collagen stops it from growing. But unfortunately, with patients with recessive dystrophic, um, they don't have this collagen 7, or they produce very little of it, and so it doesn't it's not able to stop it so it moves very fast. But there've been patients who died who were very anemic, uh, who um develop um who develop a liver failure and, and uh all kinds of you know kidney failure. Um I knew on uh, a couple of pa- pa- uh, patients who are on dialysis. Um it could be many different things. Um so it's hard to say. At some, I mean, I know at some point, I was still the body just gives up because there's so much involved, and I don't know how true that is. All I know is that we tried the best we can to keep the infections down and keep the threat of cancer down, and 
take it one day at a time, basically. And let me see. Another question was, how do you get EB? Again, it's a genetic condition. It's uh, You can't catch it. Uh, it's just uh, something you... Um, um, you inherit from your parents, or unless it's a, um, it's a, um, it's a, uh, you know, it's done at conception. Now, is EB contagious? Now, EB is not contagious at all. It's perfectly safe to shake hands, hugs, and kiss a person with EB. You cannot get it. Um, okay, so let's move over to the common misconceptions. All right. Now, some of these questions came up, came to me verbatim over the past um, several years. Um, one of them was, is EB caused by the parent in any way, by the use of illegal or legal drugs, by them using too much sweet and low in their coughing or anything of sort, which is funny. That made me laugh. Um, I wish it was that simple of a thing. Now, EB is genetic, just like Down syndrome or cystic fibrosis or Tourette's syndrome. Um can't do anything to cause that. It's just a genetic defect. Um, there's many different defects out there, and EB is just one of them. You know, what are you going to do? Uh, can antibiotics cure EB? Well, EB is not an infection. It's a genetic defect. So no antibiotic could cure EB, much like an antibiotic cannot cure cystic fibrosis or Down syndrome, right? So there you go. Uh, there must be a way to prevent EB. Um, there's really not a way to prevent it. Um, there, at the time of uh, when Nikki was born, there was no uh, test to find out if you're a carrier. If you're a carrier, I do believe there is one now. Um, and so, if you're really concerned, if maybe there's an EB patient in your family, um, especially one with a recessive form, junctional or recessive dystrophic, if you want to get tested, you can contact. Um, you can contact Stanford. I know, and they, there's other places. The test is really expensive, um, but if that's what something that you're worried about, you certainly may. I had cousins who were concerned, um, and um, I told them what to do. I don't know if they ever did it or not, but. Anyway, Nikki's still the only special need child in the whole family, so it's, um, you know, too bad it happened to him, but oh well. Now, if the slightest touch hurts the skin, how come bandages don't? Okay, so that's an interesting question. Um, now, the answer is twofold. Um, with It's been my experience that patients that have simplex uh it's very um, bandages might do cause more harm than good. The wounds are very superficial after a slight bump, and bandages can cause sweat. They can cause more blisters, um, and so that's a problem. But in recessive dystrophic, because the wound is deep, uh, the friction has to be deeper. Um, it's friction, not pressure, by the way, that causes the blister. So the bandages actually help uh, because there's more protection against normal scratches and bumps get immediately. Um, uh, and as far as uh, pressure, I mean, Nikki, for example, can sit on a chair and be fine, but if he somehow uh, puts any friction on it, trying to get off the chair, that's when the blister appears. So in his case, the bandages are great because they prevent any damage. Uh, let me see. Are EB blisters like crashes, red areas, or sores like eczema or psoriasis parents? 
patience. Um, no. Now, blisters become wounds. Um, they're not rashes or sores of any kind. Uh, they're wounds, and uh, it can be quite a lot more severe than um, some somebody with eczema or psoriasis. Now, interestingly enough, my youngest son had baby eczema when he was a baby, and um, it was very different from what Nikki had. So I have like a, a hands-on, um, I could see the difference between eczema and um and uh, EB and uh, and Connor had it pretty bad. It, it when it started when he was four months old, and it took over his whole cheek, and it went all the way in his neck, and it was becoming a disaster. And so we went to, I tried to treat it like I would treat EB, and it made it worse. And so we went to the doctor, and oh yeah, that's just baby eczema. And so he gave me a little cream, and it all went away, and never came back. I'm like, why can't they make a cream for EB for God's sakes? But anyway, that's a whole other. It's on a whole other show. So anyway, um, won't wrapping the hands cause children with EB to be very behind for their age group with using their hands? Well, um, now their hands are really fragile. Um, it really depends on the parent, too, on the patient. Um you know, I'm not saying here no, don't let the children try things, but, you know, don't expect, you know, for these children, if you don't wrap their hands, to keep their hands. That's the problem, you know. Um, the scar tissue becomes just so thick, you can't do anything with it. Uh, Nikki, for example, and I, I realize Nikki is a very severe case, so I don't have a frame of reference of somebody that is not as, as severe as him. But Nikki, by the time he was two years old, he's right-handed, and his hand was so stiff from all the wounds and the scarring and everything, he would not even use it. He would not use his right hand, and he's right-handed. So afterwards, we started wrapping it, and every time we wrapped it, and I have instruction on how to wrap hands on the AB Info World website. Um, not only I wrap it like they, like I posted, but I also put Vaseline gauze, and I even put more Vaseline on each, or Aquaphor or some, some ointment, more ointments on the Vaseline gauze and wrap it each finger to keep it moist. Um, and so... He's been able to keep his hands now for, you know, I mean, he's 19. I mean, he doesn't have great hands by any stretch of the imagination. He's had to have a few surgeries to, to tweak it more than anything. But at least he has hands. He has something that he can use to to play his video games and whatever. I mean, Nikki, to him, to Nikki, to keep his hands is important because he's got to play his video games. And so that's, you know, that's how it is. Now, with a less severe form of VB, like with simplex, you don't need to wrap the hands. Junctional, you don't need to wrap the hands. Um, but, you know, recessive dystrophic is more likely um, that they're going to lose their hands. I mean, if you don't wrap them, they'll be lost. So, And I'm not just saying that just because. I'm just saying it because I've seen it. So I've seen it way too many times. Um, you think, oh, maybe they'll lose their hand. They will. It's just a matter of time. So anyway. That's been my experience. Uh, do people need to keep their distance from EB patients so they won't catch it? Again, you you can't catch it. EB is not an illness like chickenpox or HIV can't be caught. Um, 
how can twins be born, one with EBM, one without, if EB is a genetic condition? Well, um, that is true for identical twins. So identical twins, they both, because they share the same DNA, they will both have that condition, right? But if they're fraternal twins, um, then it's very possible to have babies where one has something like EB or Down syndrome or anything, and one be perfectly healthy. As a matter of fact, I've, I met a couple of families who had uh, twins, one with EB, one without. So um, that's that's the reason why the twins. Um, now, as far as this SOTB show about a child with EB who got skin grafts and she's now cured, well, um, this is an old question that came uh, over 10 years ago to me. And they were talking about uh, a People magazine, Dateline, NBC special about medical miracles. That was actually um, Apligraph. And um, Apligraph, um, now the girl that had the skin grafts, um, her form of VB dramatically improves with age. And so whether she had the skin graft or not, um, it didn't really, you know, it wasn't she wasn't cured per se. Now, the apligraph, um, I'm not even sure if it's even used yet. Uh, still, I mean, um, it had maybe 50% success rate. It does. It did close the wound on many patients that tried it um, on, well, again, 50% rate. So, anyway, it was just one thing. Now, I know Stanford does the skin graft, genetically modified skin graft. So, that's something a lot better. Um, does EB spontaneously appear at three, four, or five years of age? And it could be a side effect from vaccinations. Um, no. Patients are born with EB. Um, uh, it's uh, weird because he says that um, his girlfriend is 45 and she said that EB showed up when she was five. That That's really weird. I'm not sure. It could be that she had uh, acquisita form of EB. Um, they showed up a lot um, earlier than usual. I'm, I don't know whatever happened to this man. I wish I could know. So I could see if you ever got a chance to go to a doctor and see what's going on there. Um, there must be a lotion or cream that can heal right up. Oh, I wish. <laughs> it, there's not. Um, why does bleach in baths help EB patients? Because it kills the germs that cause infections. And since the infection is the number one killer of EB patients, or at least I was told that many years ago, so that's why. Um, let me see. I heard a high-protein diet causes blisters. Since EB patients need to be on a high-protein diet, could it be that is the reason why they blister? Um, well, I mean, patients, uh, EB patients lose so much blood and nutrients from their wounds, they need to get high-protein from anywhere they can find. Um, and so... Uh, I really doubt, let's say I was going to go on high-protein diet. I would start blistering like Nikki. I would seriously doubt that. Don't herbs and plant treatments help cure EB? Um, that, it depends. I mean, I, I've i tried many different things over the years. I tried tea tree oil. I tried, uh, and some of the things really work, I think. You know, it just depends on what, what you try. There's so many things out there. I definitely don't um, don't say not to try it. You know, as long as you feel it's safe, go for it. I don't think it's going to cure it. You know, but 
because, you know, the only way to cure a bee is to change the DNA. And so I don't think herbs and plants are going to change the DNA. But will it help? Of course, I would say so. Can EB disappear with age? No, because um, the mutation lies in the gene, right? I mean, if you have blue eyes, they're not going to become brown when you get older. Um, the genes don't mutate by themselves. Um, of course, there's an extremely rare form of EB called transient of the newborn, where supposedly goes away around the child's first birthday. Um, and uh, but his DNA was not out is not altered. And uh, the child simply had a late start on producing a missing protein. So that's um, that's the only way. Although I'm yet to hear of a patient that had this form of EB transient of the newborn. Um, let me see. There must be a typical diet for EB patients. Well, I mean, not really. I mean, it depends on the form. Those that can't really eat. Uh, have to have a G-tube, and then they can um, have liquid nutrients through the G-tube, such as Nutrin or, you know, Pediasure, that kind of stuff. But other than that, there's no typical diet. Um, why do patients get EB? That was, uh, that was a good question. I was like, why? Well, hmm. You know, <laughs> and on the website I wrote, Moth, for the same reason why you have blue eyes or brown hair or get Down syndrome instead of sickle cell disease. Or why some women get breast why women get breast cancer at thirty and some at sixty and some never get it at all. Sometimes it's just bad luck or something in the genes that is incorrect. Every human being is a carrier of at least seven potential gene defects lying dormant in their system waiting to be passed on to the next generation. Some get lucky and don't get it. Some, however, hmm. Um do patients recover from EB? Well, I mean, it depends on the form, uh, by and large. Um, most uh, simplex patients do improve with age. Um, but, you know, some don't really, just they, it just lingers. It's not so bad as when they were kids, but it still lingers. Um, junctional stays about the same as far as I heard. Um, maybe slightly worse, but it depends, again, on the patient. But recessive dystrophic gets worse due to the constant breakdown of the skin and the severe scarring. And um, the wounds then, instead of going away, they get bigger. And so there's chances for infections and uh, skin cancer and stuff. Um, cannot be out in the sun, right? <laughs> okay. I get this one a lot as well. Well, I mean... I don't think EB patients get sunburn easier or faster than anyone. However, a bad sunburn would be surely quite be more painful and severe than for you and me. Uh, why do patients die of EB? Um, EB patients don't die from EB. They die of infections, anemia, organs that are weak because of lack of nutrition or secondary damage or skin cancer, which are all side effects of EB. Are all forms of EB considered lethal? Um, any condition that is labeled lethal implies that upon the diagnosis, the patient will die from the condition sooner or later. So the only two forms that are considered lethal are the junctional herlets, which is deadly to newborn uh, babies. Um, they usually don't uh, live to see their first birthday. 
and then resistive dystrophic. Um, most patients can life can range zero to thirty plus. I've seen some patients live longer. Again, causes vary from, ranging from severe anemia, infection, and skin cancer. Um, let me see. Uh, is patient the main reason why they die? Well, um, again, it depends on the form of EB. Um, our DEB patients have a 6% chance of getting cancer at 20, 21% at 25, 40% at 30, 53% at 35. So anyway, um, I think that that was pretty much all the questions. I have more on the website if you want to go read them up. Uh, it's the common misconceptions about EB on the EB Info World website, ebinfoworld.com, and also... And also um, the EB um, frequently asked questions on the EB website as well. So anyway, next month I will have um, uh, Jody Champagne as my ho- as my guest. And uh, thank you for listening. I've been blabbing for half an hour. I hope uh, you learned a little bit about today about EB today. If you would like to be a guest or if you have an idea for a future show to share, please send me a message either on the Blog Talk Radio page for this show or at my email address, which is um, ebmama at gmail.com. Until next month, ciao.